First off, just want to say thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for carving out some time in your early morning or night or wherever you are. And just to get the housekeeping out of the way, this week I am running a promotion on my flagship online course, Get Over Your Partners Past Fast. I'll spare you the uh, the sales pitch, but just know that uh, you can get it at the cheapest price I think ever right now. If you click the link in the description of this video, that'll take you a page, to a page where you can learn all about it. And uh, yeah, I'm, it's something I'm very proud of. It's helped a lot of people over the years. We're talking like thousands of people. And if you'd like to join us, if you'd like to learn more about the course, click the link in the description of this video. And you can learn all about it. It's a life changer. Excellent. So glad to hear that. Okay. Well, <clears throat> please uh, post your comments, post your questions in the chat, uh, which I am reading as we speak. And if you have something you want to ask me, please, please do. I mean, this is, this is your form for the next hour or so. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into this. I promise I'll get more momentum and I'll get more energy as we get into it. And the coffee really takes hold. So we'll be good there. The course changed your life forever. That's so great to hear, Gray. That just, that makes my day. That never gets old hearing those comments. It's just fantastic. Well, let's jump into it then without the, uh, any more preamble. This is a question. I was reading your question earlier, uh, S. Singh. And this is a question. Well, I'll just read it and then we'll go from there. So S. writes, I'm triggered all day by seeing my girlfriend's kids. They trigger me thinking of her exes. Have you heard of this before or your suggestions or strategies? Thanks. Loving the course. Glad to hear you're loving the course. That's fantastic. And in terms of the issue of, you know, when you're struggling with retroactive jealousy and your partner's kids uh, with their ex uh, are involved. Yes, I have absolutely heard of this many, many times. And I'll tell you something. I've been, I have a list of, of topics um, in a document file that I keep of potential future YouTube videos, potential future videos to add to my online course, Good Over Your Partners Past Fast. And this has been one of those videos that I've been meaning to get to for a long time. And to be very frank with you, S, I really try to do my best to only speak about things that I really know very well. And in particular, hopefully things that I have personal experience with. And I don't have kids. And I've never been in the situation of dealing with retroactive jealousy when my partner has kids. I've never been in that position. That said, I have to answer your first question. Have I heard of this before? I get emails all the time from people from retroactive jealousy sufferers who have situations where there's kids involved, like, you know, their, their partner has kids with their ex, that kind of thing. And just first off, my heart goes out to you because I understand how this would complicate things. I understand how this could make a, a challenging situation even more challenging. So, so that's the first thing. It's very, very common, this issue. And in terms of suggestions and strategies, I'm going to get kind of hippy-dippy and out there with this. But one of the things that I was thinking about that I think is important in this situation is dealing with these triggers, shall we call it, which is a terrible way to describe a human being, but you know what I mean? when you're triggered by your partner's children with her ex, just rely on all the same strategies that we talk about in the course, many of the strategies that we talk about on this channel in terms of dealing with triggers. So what does that mean? Becoming immediately conscious of your breath, realizing that when you encounter a trigger, it's almost certain 
that you're not breathing fully, your breath is not going deeply into your lungs, thus your body's not getting enough oxygen, and this amplifies the fear response, this amplifies the anxiety. On a very primal level, this is just making things worse when you're not breathing fully. It's a cliche for a reason, you know, take a few deep breaths, because it really does help to calm your, your whole nervous system. So that's the first thing. The second thing is try to locate that tension somewhere in your body. So let's say you walk into the room, you see uh, your partner's kid, and you you feel this tension. So I can almost guarantee that that tension is manifesting itself somewhere on your body, somewhere physically. So if you can become conscious of that and deliberately relax that area of your body, again, this really helps calm your nervous system down, relaxing that physical tension. I think when it comes to things like anxiety, like any kind of highly charged emotional response to, to certain events... I think a lot of people overlook the physical components to these uh, problems. So stick with the physical stuff as much as possible in those moments. And aside from that, you can do all kinds of redirecting acti activities that we talk about in the course. There's all the meditations in the course. There's a number of things you can do. If you go on my channel after this and just Google triggers or sorry, uh, search triggers on my channel, I've done a number of videos on triggers. And so basically what I'm saying is you can still rely on all of that stuff. In terms of the actual way the trigger manifests itself, in terms of the strategies of confronting that trigger, overcoming it, the strategies aren't that different depending on the trigger, believe it or not. Secondly, you know, at the risk of sounding like a, you know, a hippy dippy guy uh, or something like that, you can really use this as an opportunity to grow stronger and to practice actively choosing to love. What the hell am I talking about? I think a lot of the time, and we're all guilty of this in certain moments, I certainly am a lot of the time, we're waiting to feel love to love. We're waiting to feel a sensation of love that's almost like this magical thing coming from the sky before we actually engage in loving. And, you know, my mom always used to say, and it's absolutely true, love is a verb. Love is a choice. Love is a constant choice. And you can actually choose to love someone in very, very challenging moments. So with these children who, you know, your partner shares with her ex or whatever, you can actively choose to love them. And at the same time, you can actively choose to love them on some level because they are a part of your partner who you love deeply, I'm assuming. So, you know, you can really use this as an, as an opportunity for spiritual growth. And I really mean that. It's not some far out idea with no bearing in, in reality. Like you can really do this. It becomes easier over time. If you want, I can, I can talk more about making that choice and how to consciously love. Um, but it's something to think about really, instead of just waiting for a feeling to sort of take hold of you, you can actually choose to kind of conjure up that feeling in yourself. If that makes sense. Hope that's somewhat helpful. Okay, what else have we got? By the way, guys, I hate doing this, um, doing the whole YouTuber thing, but if you could, please hit the like button <laughs> because this is good for the YouTube algorithm, I'm told. Please, if you're watching this, just make sure to hit the like button because it's good for uh, engagement and sharing this video and all the rest. <laughs> I really sound like a YouTuber now, don't I? I'm not going to ask you to smash the like button. That's what they all do. Smash the like button. You don't have to do that. Just click it. That would be uh, that would be nice. Thank you. Okay. Question from Robin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Robin writes, I recently got married and moved into my husband's home, and there have been many visible signs of sex with other women. 
He's gotten rid of a lot of things, including mattresses, sofa, and linens. I can't stop. How do I deal with visible signs and things of my husband's exes, especially his last relationship? I know what went on here and it's driving me crazy. Okay. Well, first off, Robin, uh, thank you for your comment slash question. And I'll tell you the same thing that I told uh, S a moment ago. I mean, my heart goes out to you because I know that's really difficult. I know how you're feeling right now. Very, very, very well. I, I've dealt with many coaching clients in your position. I used to be in your position many years ago when I was struggling with this stuff. So just first off, my heart goes out to you. Secondly, you know, my first kind of basic lay the groundwork piece of advice is just relax and breathe for a moment. Because I can tell by your comment, and maybe I'm wrong, but I can tell by your comment that you're pretty animated right now. You're probably really worked up and this stuff is driving you crazy and it feels like you're never going to get through this stuff. And what if you always feel this way? What if you destroy your relationship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you're working yourself up in this way, again, just take a moment, take a few deep breaths and realize that you can absolutely work through this issue. This is You're not destined to live this way forever. It's not always going to be like this. You can absolutely work through these triggers, these physical triggers that you see around you. It's going to be okay. And this is not a sales pitch. I can promise you, like go to my website and search for success stories. And you can find all kinds of examples of people who have worked through this exact issue. So take a few deep breaths, relax. It's going to be okay, really. If you take this problem seriously, which I assume you are, if you're showing up for this call and, and, and commenting, um, it's going to be okay. It's going to get better. That's the first thing. The second thing, I mean, how do I deal with visible signs and reminders of my husband's exes? So I, I can't remember what you can search for, but I've, I've done videos, free videos uh, on my YouTube channel about this in terms of physical triggers. Again, if you go to my channel after this video and just search on my channel triggers, uh, at least one or maybe two or three of those videos will come up for you. Secondly, you know, you can kind of use these triggers as an opportunity to grow stronger. And that sounds like a, you know, a kind of a cliched line, but I, I really mean that. So you're seeing these different things around the house. You might be having all kinds of responses to that and you can use it as an opportunity to grow stronger. What do I mean by that? I mean, you can gauge your progress as you're continuing to put in the work toward overcoming retroactive jealousy, which I assume you are, you can gauge your progress by the impact or not that these triggers are having on you as, measure, as measured over time. So if you walk into a certain room and you see a sofa that you think your partner once had some, uh, some sex on or whatever, and you can kind of feel that tension in your gut and all the emotions and all the anxiety starts to, to flood your brain, you start to feel, you know, you start to go through the typical retroactive jealousy response, just kind of pause for a moment and sort of check in with that reaction and proceed with all the, the trigger techniques that I talk about endlessly on this channel, if you read my guidebook or taking my online course, you can find all kinds of stuff in there as well. And then the next day, when you encounter that same trigger, you can do the same thing, kind of pause, reflect, and gauge how that trigger is impacting you the more work you put in on, in terms of overcoming retroactive jealousy. So all the techniques that I talk about on this channel, all the techniques I talk about in my course, the, the letter writing stuff, the meditations, the exercise, the redirecting activities, the breathing activities, all this stuff. If you're actively putting in the work, you can kind of use these physical triggers as a gauge of your progress and sort of you, you can use it as, as a gauge of how well you're doing over long periods of time. And secondly, I would say, and this is a, a thing that I say a lot, but I mean it, you can use these 
physical triggers, you can kind of change the meaning that the you may have associated with them. Change the meaning that you've created around these physical triggers. What do I mean by that? Let's say you say, let's say you see a sofa that again you think your partner once had some uh, relations with his ex on. Okay. So you can kind of reframe that in your brain as, you know, that's where my partner had mediocre sex compared to what we share or whatever. The key with these redirecting perspectives, these attempts to redirect and, and reframe certain retroactive jealousy thoughts and triggers. I really think the key with this stuff is to word it and conceptualize these re redirections and reaffirmations in ways that are personally resonant to you. So what I mean by that is I might have a certain way of reframing a certain physical trigger that works for me in terms of the sex thing. Let's say, let's, you know, that's where my partner's ex taught her that I'm a way better match for her. As an example, that's a way of reframing this. That is, by the way, probably true. That lands with me. In other words, when I say that, when I formulate this reframe, that feels really good for me. That's like a satisfied a certain need that I have deep down. But you might reframe it that way and not get anything out of it. So you can create your own reframes. You can create your own affirmations around these triggers, but they need to be personally resonant for you. So you can journal. You can think of ways that you can you know, change the meaning of these triggers in your life, change the meaning of these things in your partner's life, and get creative. And don't, um, don't stop until you really land on a reframe that really works for you that's personally resonant. And the only way you really know that it's personally resonant is when you say it out loud and it just feels good. It's like, yes, that is, that is a good reframe. That's what I want to believe. That, that feels good. I hope that helps. <clears throat> Question from Bryn. If retroactive jealousy is often tied to feelings of inadequacy and self-worth, tied to accepting yourself, imperfections and all, doesn't the doesn't the improve yourself approach only fuel the flames of never being enough? I'm going to reread that because I'm not entirely sure I understand. Retro tied to accepting yourself, imperfections and all. Doesn't the improve yourself approach only improve, fuel the flames of never being enough? Okay. So I think I get the essence of your question, Bryn, and thank you for that. In terms of accepting yourself, so... There, there's two things I would say. There's one in terms of just accepting yourself in general. There's one way of looking at accepting yourself and saying, for example, me, I've struggled with my weight my entire life. I find it difficult to keep weight off. It's just my personal life. And only through accepting myself, in other words, realizing the reality as it is, realizing that I'm always going to have this issue of it's going to be hard for me to keep weight off. The only way I'm going to be able to really improve that is by first establishing a baseline of acceptance, of accepting that this is my lot in life. This is where I'm at. And frankly, it's not good enough for me. Okay. I'm not talking about for other people. I'm saying for me. And I don't look at that as a bad thing. I don't look at accepting myself in terms of I have this weight problem. It's hard for me to keep off weight. I don't look at that as saying, okay, well, this is my lot in life. And I guess I'm just always going to be overweight because I want to be healthy, because I want to be attractive to the opposite sex, because I want to feel good, you know, like all of these things. So for me, again, you're asking me personally, I think at establishing that baseline of acceptance in terms of this is the situation right now. And I'm not okay with that. Accepting that aspect of it too, I think is very important. You know, it's one thing to say, I accept myself and that's it. I'm not going to change. But you can also accept the fact that, you know what? 
I want to improve or I want to change something for me. And I think sometimes people look at this idea of self-acceptance in kind of a binary way where you either accept yourself with all of your imperfections and all the rest and you don't change or you have to go to the opposite extreme. And I don't think it has to be that way. I think you need to establish a baseline of accepting yourself, accepting and acknowledging reality, regardless of what you want reality to be, and then kind of going from there. I hope that makes sense. I guess what I'm saying is accepting yourself, accepting the reality of your current situation, but also accepting, if you check in with yourself and it's genuine, also accepting that you have certain things that you want to change or at least optimize, you know, whatever they are, whether it's related to your appearance or your, I mean, whatever it is. I hope that makes sense. Tell me if it doesn't and I'll, I can say more. Mr. L-N-D-O-O-N, Lundun. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Can you ever be cured from retroactive jealousy or are you just able to control the thoughts? Uh, I would say, yes, you can absolutely be cured from retroactive jealousy. And I have way, 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 way too much proof to ever think otherwise. You can go on my uh, website and, and go to uh, just search for success stories. All kinds of examples will come up, all kinds of stories, all kinds of testimonials from people who aren't me. <laughs> um, you can absolutely be, be cured from retroactive jealousy. Now, early on in your recovery, I think being able to, I wouldn't even say control the thoughts, but deal with the thoughts better. That's absolutely a component in healing, in overcoming this. But to my mind, if you can go extremely long stretches of time, just feeling totally peaceful, totally okay, everything's fine. You're not worried about your partner's past. If you can go to that, but before maybe you were just completely racked with this stuff 24 seven, you couldn't sleep thinking about this stuff. To my mind, that counts as being cured. I certainly consider myself cured, and I was once at the extreme end of the spectrum in terms of struggling with retroactive jealousy. And again, I've been doing this work for, I think, eight years. I started in 2013, hundreds and hundreds of coaching calls, all kinds of, like, thousands of students in my online courses at this point, all kinds of emails you can find on my website. I've got way too much evidence that you really can work through this issue. If you don't believe me, you can search around, find all kinds of testimonials and stuff. So the answer is yes, you can absolutely be cured from this problem. Okay, what else have we got? Do, 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 do. Even though I got over retroactive jealousy and I'm so proud of myself, I joined the chat because I will never forget about the journey I had with you, Zachary. Fantastic, Rauf. That makes me feel very good. Retroactive jealousy success story from all the way in Algeria. I think that's pretty cool. Adriana says, I've been enjoying your videos a lot. They help me a lot. I still need to learn a lot. Join the club, Adriana. <laughs> we all need to learn a lot. I have so much to learn. So no worries there. Just in, in general about, about life. <laughs> so we all need to learn a lot. Robin says, I just got your book and workbook and have started your online course. Fantastic, Robin. Thank you so much for your support, first off. And secondly, that's fantastic. You're actually starting to put in the work to, to beat this thing. That's just great. Do, 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 do. Have we got more questions? Love is a choice. Keep moving forward. I completely agree. Love is a verb, an action word. Insecurity fuels retroactive jealousy. Truer words have never been spoken. Mr. Lundun. Extremely, extremely important. 
to, to recognize that. By the way, this actually brings up a good point. I think I've said this on this channel before, but I'll, I'll reiterate it here. You know, there's a lot of talk in my guidebook, Overcoming Retroactive Jealousy, and my online courses about insecurity. And in some ways, I wish that I'd used a different word <laughs> all these years ago when I was putting together most of that stuff. I really wish I'd used the word fear. Because sometimes people will encounter this word insecurity and retroactive jealousy. And they think, well, I'm not insecure about anything. I have a great job. I make a lot of money. My partner's absolutely amazing. We have a great sex life, whatever it may be. And well, what the hell do I have to be insecure about? But I would push back, and I often do with coaching clients, and say, okay, go a little deeper. Where is the fear? There's almost certainly some experience of fear underlying your experience of retroactive jealousy. If you don't like the word insecurity, that's fine. Don't use the word insecurity. But go deeper. Don't let yourself off the hook. If you are struggling with retroactive jealousy, I guarantee there is some underlying experience of fear. And for me, I called it insecurity. You can call it fear, uh, whatever it may be, whatever works for you. But I would say don't let yourself off the hook because I've been doing this work a long time. I have a, a lot of experience working with people with this issue specifically. And in 100% of cases, I mean this, 100% of cases, including my own, there was some experience often a multivariate experience of fear underlying the experience of retroactive jealousy. So don't let yourself off the hook. Really try to get in touch with that fear, identify it fully, and then you can start working towards overcoming it. So don't let yourself off the hook. There's some experience of fear there. Calm Brownie 64 <laughs> That's a good username. Calm Brownie. Hey, Zachary, not a question, but a big thank you for the content you put out. It really helped me out. Still watching a year ago, but still have my moments, but have a much better handle on it. Fantastic. Calm Brownie. That's, uh, that feels really good to, to hear. I'm, I'm so glad you're finding my stuff helpful. Tumbleweed writes, it's difficult to focus on self-improvement when retroactive jealousy just drains all your energy and damages your self-esteem, self-confidence, and motivation. I agree. It is difficult. Here's one thing I've learned about this kind of issue in terms of feeling motivation, not feeling motivated, and all the rest. At a certain point, you kind of have to fake it until you make it. You kind of have to just put yourself through the motions, and eventually you'll create your own, your own momentum. Your action will create its own momentum, and things will just improve from there. So what do I mean by that? I mean, the, the simplest example is, you know, sometimes I don't feel like going to the gym at all. Sometimes I've got all kinds of work to do. I've got to record videos. I've got a coaching call later on that I need to prepare, prepare for, et cetera, et cetera. I want to meet, meet with my friend or I want to take my girlfriend out or whatever. I don't feel like going to the gym. And in those moments, I've learned that I just need to power through that and just fake it until I make it. In other words, put my ass on my scooter, my, my motorcycle seat, drive to the gym, just physically get to the gym. And once I'm there, kind of the momentum of simply going to the gym eventually will create its own momentum of actually working out and doing what I know I need to do. This is one example, but I guess what I'm saying is if you wait around to feel good, to, to make certain choices, you know, to start eating better or whatever, um, if you kind of wait for motivation to strike, it often won't. In a certain sense, you have to kind of create your own motivation, go through the motions, and eventually just taking actions that you know you need to take Eventually, that will create its own momentum. You'll build up certain habits and things will get better and better and better and better. So 
I realize that it's it's extremely difficult sometimes when you're really in the trenches with retroactive jealousy, extremely difficult to force yourself to do certain things that you know you need to do. And what I would say there is you kind of have to fake it until you make it for a while. And there's no shortcut around this. You know, there's no easy way out. Um, you really can just create your own momentum and through just taking those actions, even when you don't feel like you take, even when you don't feel like taking them, eventually just taking those steps will create its own momentum, if that makes sense. <clears throat> what have we got? Uh, thank you for what you do. You're very welcome. Sarah Nelly writes, hey, I know you. Well, welcome to the stream, Sarah Nelly. Hey, Zachary, also want to attest I am 100% cured. There you go. For anyone struggling, just know it's possible. I was on the extreme end of the spectrum too, and now I don't even recognize the person I was anymore. There you go. There's a perfect example right there. Thank you for your comments, Sarah Nelly. It's, uh, it's good to, to connect with you again. And there you go. I mean, what, what more can be said than, uh, than that? Motivation is so overrated. Yeah, it's great. But at the same time, when you get tired, it makes you wait. You have to finish what you have and plan for. I agree with the basic idea that looking for motivation is overrated. How many people waste endless hours looking for these motivational videos on YouTube, you know, rather than just taking the actions themselves and creating their own motivation? There's nothing more motivating than reflecting on your own past accomplishments, you know, your own moments in the past when you powered through ad adversity or when you took steps that you didn't really want to take, but you knew that you had to take. So important. So important. Create your own motivation. What else have we got? Hi, Zach. This is from JT. I recently broke up with my girlfriend and she said she emotionally checked out of the relationship. Oof, that's, that's tough. Will she ever come back if I put the time in? Well, obviously I can't say either way for sure because I don't know you, I don't know your girlfriend, I don't know the situation. So that's the first caveat, I don't know. Secondly, I think if she says she emotionally checked out of the relationship, you know, that's a, that can be a tough hill to climb in terms of, you know, overcoming that kind of, for lack of a better term, rejection, you know, when she's saying that she's, she's done or, or whatever. Um, you know, there, there's a, a line in a song by Lyle Lovett that I think about a lot called She's Already Made Up Her Mind. And the line in the song is, there's nothing as unwavering as a woman when she's already made up her mind. And that's cold, but that has been my experience personally, frankly. I'm not saying there's no hope, but I'm saying if she's telling you she emotionally checked out of the relationship, that, that's a really tough one. But fundamentally, at the end of the day, I would say, choose someone who chooses you. You know, if you want to make, by the way, a little business tip for anyone out there. If you want to make a lot of money, like a lot of money, sell a course or do coaching on get your ex back. This kind of idea, right? Uh, all kinds of things. I've had offers, people trying to give me money, paying me for coaching. You know, how can I get my ex back? How can I get my ex back? And I've turned them all down. Because I really think that that's the wrong sort of mindset to have when it comes to handling a breakup. I think that when you're going through a breakup, you need to work on self-improvement. You need to work on self-acceptance. You need to work on your goals, your overall mission and purpose in life, regardless of your ex-partner. And then if your partner wants to come back in your life, well, then maybe. But 
in terms of just doing all kinds of you know tactics and hacks in terms of getting your ex back personally i don't believe in that at all i think at the end of the day you just you need to choose someone who truly chooses you and if you make any other choice you're setting yourself up for just more heartache and more complication and more chaos and all the rest you shouldn't be trying to desperately cling on to someone to keep them around they should be wanting to be around of their own volition so yeah and if you're going through a breakup jt just hang in there my friend and it will get better with time i've put out all kinds of stuff on breakups you can Go on my channel and search uh, for the word breakup. You'll find some things that I hope you find helpful. But uh, yeah, focus on yourself first. An X is almost always an X for a very good reason, really. And I've done the thing with breaking up and then getting back with an X. And I would say 100% of the time that was the wrong choice for me. I should have left the past in the past. I should have kept moving forward. I should have gotten more clarity on where I want to go as a man, regardless of any anyone else who may, may or may not be in my life. So Focus on yourself, focus on your goals. Believe it or not, this is an enormous opportunity for you, really. Breakups are a huge opportunity for personal exploration and self-growth and all these things, self-acceptance, you know, as we were talking about earlier. So extremely important um, to handle this breakup correctly. And uh, yeah, anyway, I, I'm sorry, man. Breakups are breakups are awful. I always hate uh, hate hearing about them because I've been through some pretty pretty tough breakups myself. So I know how tough it can be. What else have we got? Arrow for Arrow forever. I recognize that screen name. Zachary, just a huge thank you for the difference you and your work have made in my life. Retroactive jealousy was the worst thing I've ever dealt with, but I'm now such a better me in so many ways. Boom. That's great. That is just, that makes my day. So glad to hear that. Fantastic. Mr. Lundoon writes, when you say fear, what do you mean? I mean fear. I mean some experience of being afraid, for example. And again, when you're asking yourself this question, go deep. For example, like let's have some common retroactive jealousy examples. I'm worried on some level my partner prefers their ex. I'm worried the sex with me isn't potentially as good as what my partner had with their ex. I'm worried my partner, you know, has some certain red flags, we'll say, and there could be a serious clash of values there. I'm worried I'm not good enough for my partner. I'm worried my partner might leave me. I'm worried that my partner is going to get lazy and not appreciate me the way that he or she should. On and on and on and on. These are all experiences of fear. And some might call them insecurities, right? Insecure basically means you're not secure. You're afraid of something. There's some experience of fear there. So I hope that clarifies. By fear, I really just mean fear. JT writes, my glimmer of hope is that she hasn't deleted my number and I'm starting therapy this week and will try to keep her updated. Oh boy, JT. Um, I, you know, I'm not trying to offer unsolicited advice here, so I just, I won't. But um, Hang in there, focus on yourself. You should be working on taking care of you right now, regardless of what happens with your partner. That's that's my two cents there. I have a lot to say on breakups, but uh, we probably don't have time for all of it. But uh, yeah, hang in there. I don't want to just come off like a sales guy, but I did. I wrote, wrote a book on breakups. It's very cheap. You can find it on Amazon. It's like nine bucks or something. It's called The Breakup Recovery Workbook. I'm extremely proud of it. A lot of people have found it very helpful. If you want, you can check it out. Breakup Recovery Workbook. 
Tumbleweed writes, I always was insecure about my looks, my voice, and my luck with the ladies. And that really fuels my retroactive jealousy because I missed out on so many experiences that my spouse had with someone else. I get it. That's a very common experience of retroactive jealousy, particularly for a lot of men who don't have a lot of experience with women in their younger years and their partner has had some experiences and then they're kind of left with the sense of missing out or they should have made certain choices in their past that they didn't make. I would say in that situation, if you're insecure about all this stuff, you know, you shouldn't be like some people, I get crazy emails sometimes with people ask me for permission to cheat on their partner. Like literally retroactive jealousy sufferers who are saying, I want to go out and cheat on my partner and, and even the number. Cause like that'll cure my retroactive jealousy. Right. And obviously I say, no, that's, that's not going to help anything. It's going to complicate the matter even more. And it's not a good idea. That said, if you're struggling with this thing, I'm going to assume you're male. You're talking about luck with the ladies and stuff. I'm going to assume you're a guy. If you're struggling with this, which is probably heteronormative of me and people will try to cancel me, but <laughs> please don't. I'm going to assume you're a guy just for ease of explaining this. But I think if you're a man, you wish you'd had more experiences when you were younger. You're worried about being attracted to the ladies and all the rest. Just kind of take an inventory of where you're at in your life, like physically, emotionally, whatever it is. Take an inventory of where you are right now and get really clear about the kind of man you want to be one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, regardless of any relationship status. So what I mean by that is what is your mission in life? What is your purpose? What are you about? Why are you on earth? What is important to you? What do you want to invite more of in your life? What do you want to keep out of your life? Try to get really, really clear on your individual purpose, your individual direction, where you want to go in life and where you're going regardless of any kind of relationship status or lack thereof. Because in general, the better you feel about yourself as a man, number one, the better the retroactive jealousy will get by far. That's a huge component of overcoming this is just the better way you feel about it, you know, regardless of, of anything else, the better way you feel about yourself rather. And secondly, this will help your sense of confidence with women in general, when you just feel really good about yourself as a man, regardless of any woman who's in your life or not. I hope that makes sense. I guess what I'm saying here is don't focus on trying to be more attractive to women. Just think about yourself. Like, what kind of a man do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? How do I want to take up space in a room? You know, what would constitute my own definition of personal development success a year from now? If I could be any kind of man a year from now and have certain goals accomplished, what would those goals be? Get very, very clear about that stuff and kind of proceed from there. And the more you get or should I say the more you feel better about yourself as a man, regardless of your relationship status, I think the more this issue will ease of feeling like you missed out on opportunities in your 20s or whatever. Because frankly, the better you feel about yourself as a man, the more you'll realize that you have options on the dating market, regardless of the woman in your life, regardless of your relationship status. And even if you stay with the same woman for 50, 60 years, it's just, it feels good to know that if the worst came to pass, if you had to go through a breakup or divorce, you would still have, you still have options. You still, you know, have certain avenues that were open to you, so to speak. And that feels good as a man. So I hope that makes sense. Okay. What have we got here? I'll answer a few more. Drew writes, Hey Zach, I struggle more with the number of sexual partners my girlfriend has had rather than the thought of her actually having sex with them. Do I just need to change my perception of what that number means? Okay, Drew. Well, first off, if you've really thought hard 
about your own perception, uh, your own deal breakers, your own red flags. If you've really thought extremely hard about the kind of person you want to bring into your life and the kind of person you want to keep out of your life, then no, I don't think that you necessarily have to change your perception. I'll get, you know, coaching calls sometimes with men and also some women. And I feel a tremendous responsibility when people contact me and people sign up for coaching with me to be extremely forthright, extremely honest with them. And so sometimes people will, you know, present the details of their partner's past on these calls and they'll ask me what I think. And I'm honest, you know, like it's clear that my, my client has very clear boundaries, very clear values, and there's all kinds of red flags in their partner's past. This doesn't happen often, but it has happened on occasion. And so I think in terms of changing your perception, first off, think really, really hard about your own values, your own perception and what your ideal woman looks like. And if she fits that, at all, you know, like get really, really clear about what you want and what you don't want in your life. Because I see so many people who never really think about this. Relationships kind of just happen to them. To them, they're out at the bar one night and they meet this cute guy, and all of a sudden they're married and they've got kids, and they, they've never really thought hard about, like, okay, well, what kind of a partner do I actually want? What kind of a relationship do I actually want? And what do I want to keep out of my life <laughs> at all costs? It's very, very, very important to think about these things. So. In terms of the number and what it means, I mean, I don't have a clear rule on like what's the, an acceptable number and what's not. That really comes down to the individual. Um, but I would say above all, spend some time really thinking hard about your own values in this regard, what you want to bring into your life and what you want to really keep out. Because you can only really get a handle on this question and really know the right step to take once you spend a lot of time really thinking hard about what you want and what you don't. Very, very, very important in my view. S writes, please talk about those who met their partner when they were a virgin, but their partner wasn't. Again, I would come back to, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I would come back to, well, your values are your values, right? If you need certain things in your relationship life, who am I to tell you that those things are invalid, shall we say? Like, you know, one of the things that the people come to me and sometimes they all, they're almost asking for permission to take certain choices, to make certain decisions. And I don't think that that's my role. My role is to hopefully get people to really think for themselves, to really ask themselves the important questions, to arrive at certain insights and conclusions that are, again, personally resonant for them, regardless of my feelings about this stuff. So if it's, if it's essential for you, here's what I would say. If it's essential for you, as a man, that your partner needs to be a virgin, then I would say you probably need to end the relationship and go find that. That wouldn't be my perception. That isn't the way I feel. But if that's the way that you genuinely feel and you've spent a lot of time thinking very, very carefully about this, then that's perhaps the path that you should take. But if you want to stay with your partner, I would say just don't abuse them endlessly for choices they made in their past. I see this all the time. And it never ceases to really break my heart when I see people making choices, staying with their partner out of a sense of obligation or a scarcity mentality or guilt, and then, it's, you know, trying to accept certain things that they're just never going to ever accept, you know, and you can change your perceptions. You can, you can believe whatever you want, but at the end of the day, if you've thought really, really deeply as a man about this particular issue, and you know that you need certain things, then I don't think you should necessarily compromise on that. That's it. My basic philosophy 
for dating, for relationships, for just about everything in life is I firmly believe you can have most of what you want, but you probably can't have 100% of what you want. I think you can probably have like 90% of what you want in a part, in a, uh, a person, in a partner, in a spouse, but you're probably not going to get 100% of what you want. And that's okay. I often say, stop looking for perfection. Perfection does not exist in human beings. Perfection sure as hell doesn't exist in relationships. And that's okay. Right. Just got another comment from Mr. Lindun. One of the biggest things I've learned, don't put your partner on a pedestal. Oh my God. Yes. Don't put your partner on a pedestal. I often tell people, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this pedestal down. <laughs> you don't want to put your partner on a pedestal. You don't want to idealize them. No one wants to be idealized. We're all human. We're all flawed. We're all messed up in all kinds of fascinating ways. No one should be idealized. Don't idealize me. Don't idealize any other YouTuber. Don't idealize your partner. Your partner's flawed. They've made mistakes. They've made bad choices. And that's okay. So have the rest of us. Or at least I have. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've, uh, I definitely have. <clears throat> okay, I'll answer a couple more because I'm really losing my voice here. Robin writes, how do you deal with holidays he spent with his ex and going to the same old places they went? Wondering what exactly happened on these trips. I could spend an hour talking about this, but in general, realize that the curiosity is almost certainly irrational. You probably have all the genuine deal breaker answers you need. What you're worried about is not related to a genuine relationship, red flag, a genuine deal breaker. That's extremely important. Get clear on that. And secondly, I mean, just because you go to a place multiple times, you can have extremely different experiences of those same cities. I've gotten, I've gone to certain cities with different women and it's been like a different city. I mean, really, I'm not just saying this to make you feel better. I've gotten to certain cities at different moments in my life with different company and it's been a completely different experience. The city itself has changed. The energy is different. Maybe the time of year, the, the weather is different. Cities are living, breathe, breathing organic things. They change over time, just the same way that the human beings do. So don't try to get too hung up on, on the fact that maybe your partner went there with their ex and all these things because they're going there with you. They're having a completely different experience. I can just about guarantee it. So try to, you know, one of the ways I like to think about human beings is we like to imagine that human beings are kind of these statues. They're fixed when we're not. You know, I forget the, the actual number, but I think it's like every 10 or 15 years, every cell in your body is completely different. In other words, on a biochemical level, you're a completely different being today than you were 10 or 15 years ago. I forget the exact number. More, human beings are more like a whirlpool than an actual statue. In other words, a whirlpool, it might look relatively static, but it's not. There's constantly water flowing in and out. It's constantly changing. It's constantly moving. It's a living, breathing thing in so many ways. Human beings are the same. Cities are the same. So remember that your partners almost certainly had a completely different experience in that city with you. Hope that helps. All right. I think that's just about everything. And I'm officially losing my voice. I'm absolutely going to do this again, by the way, guys. I really enjoy doing these Q&As. And uh, thank you for joining me, everyone who signed on to this. If you got anything out of this, please be sure to hit the like button. Again, I'm sounding like a YouTuber, but I, uh, I can't help it. Everyone always tells me that I need to tell people to uh, smash that like button. <laughs> but you don't need to smash it. Just please click it. And um, thank you so much for your, your participation, your questions. This is always a, a really good time. And uh, I'll just remind you once more that I'm running a week-long promotion on my flagship online course, Get Over Your Partners Past Fast. 
You can click a link in the description of this video to learn all about this program. It's helped over well over 2,000 men and women from around the world overcome retroactive jealousy for good. I'm very proud of the course. The refund rate has remained remarkably close to zero for eight years, which I think is pretty, pretty remarkable. So yeah, if you want to learn more about the course, please click the link in the description to learn all about Get Over Your Partners Past Fast. And otherwise, yeah, if you want to connect with me, if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me, visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com and uh, let's connect. Thanks again for, uh, for coming here today, guys. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.